You're listening to A World of Black Writers from the Hurston Wright Foundation. My name is Ibram X. Kendi. This is an excerpt from Stamped from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America. It's from the prologue. Hate and ignorance have not driven the history of racist ideas in America. Racist policies have driven the history of racist ideas in America. And this fact becomes apparent when we examine the causes behind not the consumption of racist ideas, but the production of racist ideas. What caused U.S. Senator John C. Calhoun of South Carolina in 1837 to produce the racist idea of slavery as a positive good when he knew slavery's torturous horrors? What caused Atlanta newspaper editor Henry W. Grady in 1885, to produce the racist idea of separate but equal, when he knew Southern communities were hardly separate or equal? What caused think tankers after the presidential election of Barack Obama in 2008 to produce the racist idea of a post-racial society when they knew all those studies had documented discrimination? Time and again, racist ideas have not been cooked up from the boiling pot of ignorance and hate. Time and again, powerful and brilliant men and women have produced racist ideas in order to justify the racist policies of their era, in order to redirect the blame for their era's racial disparities away from those policies and onto black people. I was taught the popular folktale of racism, that Ignorant and hateful people had produced racist ideas and that these racist people had instituted racist policies. But when I learned the motives behind the production of many of America's most influentially racist ideas, it became quite obvious that this folktale, though sensible, was not based on a firm footing of historical evidence. Ignorance slash hate dash racist ideas dash discrimination. This causal relationship is largely ahistorical. It has actually been the inverse relationship. Racial discrimination led to racist ideas, which led to ignorance and hate. That was Ibrahim X. Kendi, Dr. Kendi's professor of history and international relations, and the founding director of the Anti-Racist Research and Policy Center at American University. Dr. Kendi, welcome to A World of Black Writers. Pleasure to be on. Thank you. And... Congratulations before your work, Stamp from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America, was and is the 2016 National Book Award winner for nonfiction. The book has been heralded by many, many different important media sources, the Washington Post, the Boston Globe, the New York Times. They all consider this a notable book of the past year. And it is no accident that... Um, someone like yourself, has been occupied with this long trajectory that's so embedded in our society. Let me ask for the benefit of our listeners, why did you undertake the book to begin with? I think I realized that it didn't exist, that we did not have a long history of racist ideas, literally from their origins to the present. And, and I think that lack of an historical sort of look was, I think, preventing us from seeing particular things today. But I think in a greater sense, what I classify in the book as assimilationist ideas 
these ideas that black people or racial groups are culturally or behaviorally inferior, these ideas have largely been written out of the history of, of racist ideas. And so I wanted to sort of bring them back in so that people can see just how pervasive those ideas have been historically and still are today in preventing the ending of racial discrimination and the inequities they cause. Indeed, that it's a commerce of ideas. And it's certainly the written word is very, very crucial, crucial in the five historical figures that you pick. Um, writing and the, the product thereof, the narrative, and, and the presentation of theory have all contributed to the, what you call a persistent virus in American society. Can you tell us a little bit about why you picked the five figures that you did and what each might represent? You know, the, the five major characters in the book who more or less serve as tour guides for this larger sort of racial debate were Cotton Mather, who was a Boston theologian and the most illustrious American intellectual during the colonial era. Thomas Jefferson, who, of course, I think needs no introduction. William Lloyd Garrison, who was the most distinguished white male abolitionist. W.E.B. Du Bois, who still is renowned as one of the most important black scholars uh, in history. And Angela Davis, who has pretty much been on the front lines of the racial struggle for, for 50 years. And so I picked each of these figures because each of them were pretty much in the sort of middle of this large racial debate in which people were debating whether discrimination or black inferiority was causing these inequities. So they were really in the middle of this debate. And, and also their lives bracketed very key periods in American history that I wanted to sort of tell through somebody's life. And I think each of them articulated ideas that were very influential within this debate. And they also each had very interesting lives as well. And those lives are indeed emblematic of their ages as far as historical periods are concerned. But would you say that, you know, the one thing that's noticeable is each of them are publishers. Each of them represent a nexus of discussions that are literary and scholarly in, in nature. And so the, the idea of publishing in the written word have a key role in the perpetuation of racism in the United States. I think that's absolutely correct. I mean, Cotton Mather, some of his biographers make the case that he published more than every one of his peers combined. He lived from about the 1660s to the 1720s. Thomas Jefferson only published one book, The Notes in, on the State of Virginia, but some accounts say that it was more widely read than any other nonfiction book well into the 19th century. Of course, William Lloyd Garrison was the editor of The Liberator, which was the premier abolitionist newspaper. W.B. Du Bois is, is well known for editing The Crisis and, and a series of, of books. And of course, Angela Davis has published multiple books in her career. So each of these individuals, through publishing, have expressed racist ideas or even expressed anti-racist ideas that challenged those prevailing racist ideas. So we've been talking about literacy in the regard of the written word going forth and energizing this main, main, how can we say it, stream component of American thinking and being. And so what I would ask is, just quite frankly, two things. Obviously, you're African descendant. I'm African descendant. We're writing for our communities. And then sometimes we find ourselves often writing at large. And it's said that black writers create a world 
or they tell our story. And so what would you want the reader, the careful reader indeed, to retain from reading and experiencing your book? I would want the reader first and foremost to see the impact that racist ideas have had over the course of American history and over the course of black life. And secondly, for them to actually see the context in which these ideas emerged and simultaneously see that the evidence that the thinkers put forth to substantiate those ideas are actually not evidence. And these ideas, all of which have either been disproven or have never actually been proven. And so then that allows people who have consumed these racist ideas to basically look in the mirror and ask themselves, okay, you know, now I understand where these ideas came from. Now I understand these ideas are not substantiated. Should I be rethinking the reason why inequality is persisting in our country? Should I no longer be thinking that there's something wrong or inferior about black people or any other racial? And I'm hoping that they they would realize that there is a such thing as racial equality. So we've talked about content. I'd like to switch the focus to craft. The craft of writing is often a concern of the Hurston Wright Foundation. You yourself have been trained both as a journalist and as a historian. And I'm interested in how long this undertaking took to produce this wonderful work. And then what are the things you're keeping in mind as you're trying to be an effective communicator through this written work? I think that my training as both a journalist and a scholar was, I think, extremely important in in producing this book. And, and I think the way, like, my training as a scholar, I think, was important in me, of course, being able to, the research methods that I've learned, but also being able to simplify the complexities of these ideas and of these debates, which I understand as a scholarly process. And you really have to be able to completely understand them before you can literally simplify them. And then once you simplify them, you have to be able to communicate them to the reader, which, of course, my journalistic background, I think, was key in being able to make these simplified complexities accessible to everyday people. So I know we're coming to the close of our time together, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the Anti-Racist Research and Policy Center that's at American University. You're the founding director. And I think one key to give listeners a handle on this, you have a recent essay or two concerning the fact that America may be entering a post-scholarly way of being and thinking, particularly in regards to race and racism. What are your concerns there, and what are you trying to do at the center? I think that it's became apparent to many people the ways in which alternative facts are circulating and post-truth is sort of emerging, and simultaneously those individuals who have long been the producers of facts most notably scholars, are basically being pushed to the side. And I think there's an interrelationship between scholars and fact. And so if you get rid of fact, you're simultaneously trying to get rid of scholars. And so I think it's critical in this moment for scholars to step outside of the academy and ensure that their research is having an impact, uh, having an impact on policy conversations so people can see and understand 
and recognize that their work is extremely important to the everyday lives of people. And so what I'm hoping to do at the center is, is not only, you know, create these research teams that are going to bring together scholars who are very adept at studying and uncovering and showing the complexities of inequality and discrimination, but to pair these scholars with policymakers, with advocacy groups who are very keen on creating new and innovative policies and, and advocacy groups who are very keen on bringing about change. And so to build up these teams that allows people to see the role of scholars is extremely important in bringing about, of course, change. And scholars can more or less be able to do what they do best. Well, I thank you for our time together and I wish you well. Again, congratulations on being the 2017 Hurston Wright Foundation Legacy Award nominee in nonfiction. Again, that's Dr. Ibrahim X. Kendi. He's the professor of history and international relations and the founding director of Anti-Racist Research and Policy Center at American University. He's the author of the award-winning book, Stamp from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas from Nation's Books. Dr. Kendi, once again, thank you for being with us. Thank you.